Hello everybody, welcome to The Coaching Conversation. I'm Graham Wiley and I've been coaching business leaders for the last two decades. In this series, we're going to explore some of the things I've seen and learned in that two decades and hopefully help you see how you can become more focused, more effective and hopefully happier in your life. So, it's now time to sit back, relax and enjoy The Coaching Conversation. Hello everybody and welcome to yet another edition of The Coaching Conversation. Today I'm going to be talking about self-awareness tools. First of all I'll tell you why I think they're really important. Then I'm going to give you some examples of the sorts of tools I've used over the years and how they fit into a coaching program. So let's get started. What are self-awareness tools? Well, surprisingly, the clue is in the name. They are techniques that help you get a better perspective on who you are, how you behave, how you think and how you feel. Because the start point for any personal development program is understanding where you're starting from. And therefore, who you are right now is the exact starting point for any coaching program that's going to effectively take you on a personal development trajectory. When I'm starting a a coaching program with um, individuals or even teams, I often recommend use of self-awareness tools. I don't use all of them all of the time, and they can be very particular to individual situations. But here is some of the tools that I would reach to first of all. A 360 degree feedback survey is one of the most insightful, if not scary, tools that you can use because clearly a 360 degree feedback is exactly that. You ask people that you work with, peers, superiors, subordinates, people inside the organisation, people outside the organisation, people that you trust, people you respect, not necessarily like, and people whose feedback you are looking for. And they complete a online survey usually, takes usually around half an hour, 40 minutes, and, and addresses your behaviours, your attitudes, what they see in you in a number of different aspects. It could be to do with integrity, it could be to to do with creativity, it could be to do with interpersonal skills, and so on and so on and so on. So you get a rounded review of you in the sense of it comes from a lot of people, so it's not just one opinion. And it's rounded because it tackles a number of aspects of you and your personality and behaviours. Most surveys would then score what the other people think you would also complete the survey of what you believe about yourself and there are the two benchmarks what do you think you're good at not so good at how do you think you behave in certain ways and what do other people see and against all of these individual criteria you can see if there is any material difference are you really a different person to other people than you are to yourself and this isn't about overly self-deprecating marking you need to be honest and and straightforward in completion of a 360 
But more importantly, it's understanding why people would have a different view of you. What do they see that you aren't aware of projecting? The beauty of a 360 in a coaching program is it's, a, it's so helpful for the coach to objectively point out what's being said to the coachee, the good things as important as the not so good things. It's so much easier to do more of the things you're good at than it is to work on the things that you're not so good at. And if the not so good at things aren't really very important, don't worry about them, move on and concentrate on the things that you can do well. So tool number one, a 360 degree feedback survey. Another well-worn path would be to go down a psychometric assessment. And there, there are many of these different tools. Uh, Thomas International, DISC, Colorworks, uh, Belbin, several holes. There, there, there are many, many, many well-established, well-proven psychometric assessments. And most of them can assess you from one questionnaire across a whole multitude of different aspects and, and provide a series of different reports so what would your management style typically be what is your propensity in terms of being a good salesperson how, how would you be uh, under stress and so on and so on and the plus side of psychometric testing is it very objectively helps you see yourself I and mean, it's not good or bad it's not right or wrong pass or fail it's like an x-ray it's just it's just a picture it just is what it is. And it's a self-assessment. You you did this assessment. It's what you felt was true. And so it is a mirror image, if you like, looking in the mirror and seeing yourself back, but in a very objective, a very balanced kind of way, particularly aimed at how you behave at work. And here I am using the word behave because often what you will see in a psychometric test is your preferred behaviours. In certain circumstances, what would you typically choose to do? In certain circumstances, how would you choose to be seen? What would you prioritise as the important things to do first? And there are many different personality types. And I'm not going to do a psychometric testing lesson here. But the beauty of it is it gives you not only knowledge of yourself, but then you can extrapolate that into what you see around you with other people. If I'm like this and they're like that, then therefore there's going to be these kinds of interactions in the way in which we behave. If I'm really extrovert and that person's really introvert, that's going to be a problem, isn't it? If I'm really extrovert and they're really extrovert, we need to be careful that we're not trying to spar for centre stage all the time. And so on, and so on, and so on. So, tool number two, a psychometric assessment. Tool number three is often a series of workbooks. Now, these are informative in the sense of giving you knowledge, but actually they make you reflect, they make you think about things you already know but from a different angle. So for example, there's a, a workbook around emotional intelligence. And 
it helps you by asking a lot of questions to reflect on the interactions you've had over the years of what's worked well and what's not worked so well. And then it categorizes and helps you understand how emotional intelligence is essential as a management tool. It's it's the, the, the foundation stone of how you become a very good manager, a very good leader. And so if you then go on to another one that I like to use is one about learning styles. We've all got a preferred learning style. And understanding what your learning style is makes you understand what's good and bad about it. So, for example, in the system that I would use, I'm called a pragmatic reflector. And that means two things. That means I'm only really interested in things that I can use at work. So by definition, if it doesn't appear to me at first blush to be interesting for work, I'm going to ignore it. And the second thing, I need a reasonable amount of information. I'm a reflector. I need a fair amount of detail to be convinced that it's worthy of my time. So if you think about that, that's essentially saying if things, experiences, people I meet, situations I bump into, things that happen to me in life, if they don't meet those two criteria pretty much up front, I'm not going to be interested. By definition, I'm filtering away other things or I'm not paying enough attention. Other people could be people who like to learn by action. They don't like to read the manual first. They like to get in and do stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. That means they'll cover a lot of ground very, very quickly. But it's risky. How many times have you opened the piece of digital electronics and you thought, I don't need to read that, and you start playing with it, and hey, presto, it doesn't work anymore. So this is the kind of value you will get about learning styles. And once again, when you understand your learning style, you can extrapolate that to the people around you. If your boss is like me, and he or she is a reflector, you've got to give them data. There's no point just giving them bullet points. It's not going to be enough. You've got to give them enough information for them to grasp the, the point you're making to get their attention. If there's someone that learns by doing, then there's no point giving them anything other than bullet points, and so on and so on. Again, it's self-awareness, but first of all, understanding yourself and then projecting it on other people. Another workbook that I quite like to use is about management styles. We've all been managed. We've all been managers. We we understand the techniques that we use sometimes. Sometimes that's because we do it intuitively. Sometimes it's because we do it because we've been well-trained and so on. But again, it's a reflective kind of learning. It gets you to assess your own style, the organization that you work in style. Are there any differences between the two? And it, it categorizes all of the different management techniques. And one of the big pieces of learning is Do you overuse any particular kind of management technique? Are you too much of a pace setter? Are you too much of a coach? Are you too much of an authoritarian? What what, what we're talking about here? Because the beauty of understanding all of the management tools is that they're just exactly that. They're, They're tools in the toolkit. And you need to use different ones with different people at different times. So understanding yourself and understanding what you are more likely and more um persuaded to go to rather than um, reflecting on all of the different tools at any one time enables you to become a better manager.
Another tool that we've been using in recent years is the Positive Intelligence Saboteur Assessment. And this is essentially helping people understand why they get negative thoughts in their head. Why do they get so stressed about things? Why do they react in a certain way when life's challenges arrive? If they're, for example, using the vocabulary of, of positive intelligence, if they're a stickler, a perfectionist, what does that do when something comes up? Do they effectively overmanage? It's got to be perfect. Do they micromanage? Do, do they really just not accept good being good enough? If they're a restless type, do they feel constantly seeking new challenges and not really finishing the work that they're doing or being present in the work they're doing because they're always looking for the next shiny thing? If they're a hyper-achiever, are they always looking for that next thing? Are they never, ever satisfied? And does that just relentless pressure, that relentless drive to achieve the next thing does it is it just so demanding and so draining that ultimately they're the self-sabotaging in the worst possible way so there you have it these are a number of self-awareness tools you can see how they fit into a coaching program particularly at the early stages of that coaching program because a coaching program is as we've said many times all about helping someone develop and grow and become the person they want to be. And the start point for that is, where are you now? And self-awareness tools fit that bill precisely. There we have it. I hope they found that useful and I will see you again in another coaching conversation. Bye. So there you have it, the latest edition of the coaching conversation. Hope you found it interesting. Hope you found it useful. You can find out more about our coaching programs at theexecutivemindset.co.uk. If you want to reach out, you can send me an email at theexecutivemindset at sagegreen.com. You can book a free 30-minute session at theexecutivemindset.co.uk, which will give you a really good feel for how coaching could help you. And if you've really enjoyed the session, do please rate us, do please give us a review. And nothing more for me to say other than see you next time.